Hello, and welcome to Cover Your Eyes podcast. This week, we're talking about the movie Cat People from 1982, starring Nastasha Kinski and John Hurd, directed by Paul Schrader. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Holly. (laughs) (laughs) This movie, we were doing kind of like scary, creepy movies for October, for Halloween theme, and then this is one that came up. Um... It's definitely creepy, but not for like the typical Halloween reasons. <laughs> it's creepy for many other reasons. Yeah. Very and then, cringy. And then um, I got super shy yeah. about doing the show and had a little bit of a wig out. <laughs> then we missed Halloween. <laughs> so... Oh. did you say boo yes it's like a double meaning boo for halloween and for you feeling shy (laughs) yeah so this movie is really not appropriate for children it's not even appropriate for adults (laughs) i can't believe this is like seen by children it's terrible did you see this movie when you were a kid I thought I did, but then as I was watching it, I was like, I don't know. I think I was getting it mixed up with something else, like a Stephen King movie. Oh. Like Sleepwalkers or something. I thought I remembered us watching this. Maybe we did. Because I liked this movie when I was little. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't surprise me. (laughs) And what did you like about it? Well... It, I mm-hmm. liked that it had a girl that was a cat because I wanted to be a cat mm-hmm. from a very young age. And I was like, see, it is possible. And I sort of like just blocked out all of the horrible things <laughs> that happens when you are a cat person in this movie mm-hmm. or um, just the idea that I could be a cat. Like I could I could find out later that I'm actually a cat. So I liked that. I also had a crush on a boy... He reminded me of John Hurd in this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, I imagined that that's what he would look like as an adult. That's cute. (laughs) So that was also, I think, an influence on why I liked this movie. I guess I could do the brief summary. So basically what happens is that Irina goes to see her long-lost brother, Paul. And Irina was raised by other people Paul and her got split up when she was four because their parents died they got eaten by lions because they were lion tamers in (laughs) a carnival circus so they're long-lost siblings and then when she gets there she realizes that her evangelical minister brother Paul is not what he appears and is in fact trying to get her to have sex with him by telling her that they come from a long lost race of people who can only have sex with their siblings because whenever they get sexually aroused, they turn into cats and they kill their lovers. So subsequently they can only have sex with other cat people. And then he tells her, hey, you know what? Uh, There aren't any of us around. So (laughs) if you want to get laid, I'm your only chance. And she's like, oh, Paul, but I'm a virgin. And also, you're my brother, and I'm going to puke on you because this is gross. 
And then um, he kills a sex worker when he turns into a panther. So then the cops are like, oh my God, we have a serial killer on our hands because um, sex workers are being found mauled all over the place. Mm -hmm. So the cops catch Paul as a panther, shoot him dead. His arm comes out of the panther's body. Uh, So that's kind of gross. And then um, Irina, meanwhile, meets Oliver, who's the zookeeper. At the worst zoo ever. Oh my and, god. And he's like, hey, why don't you work in our demented gift shop? And Irina's like, okay. And then um, she's really into this panther and that's there. And then Irina and Oliver, they start to get together. And Irina's like, I'm a cat person and I'll go crazy and like eat you. Oliver's like, hey man, I like animals better than people anyway, so whatever. And then Mm -hmm. uh, they do it, and then she runs away and kills somebody else because she loves Oliver and enough control to not kill him, but she still murdered somebody. Then Irina tells Oliver, hey, I don't want to do this. I want to live as a panther. So you need to have sex with me and let me turn into a panther, and then I'm just going to like go live as a panther. Because one of the things about this is that they can turn back into a human whenever they want. Like, they, it seems like they have a lot more will than a werewolf. They have to kill someone to turn back into a human. Oh, I missed that part. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they have to kill someone to turn back into a human. So she's like, well, I'll just stay a cat. Paul's like, okay. And uh, so he has sex with her. She turns into a cat, and then he takes her to the zoo. And keeps her in a cage as his pet. Hmm. Does this seem metaphorical in any way? (laughs) (laughs) I just think it's a straight up horror movie. (laughs) There's a lot of nudity. So Mainly just her, right? Yeah. I mean, I think you get to see uh, John Hurt's butt. Yeah. You must have liked that since you had a crush on mini John Hurt. I actually didn't hardly notice it this time, but I probably did as a kid. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of nudity for a child i guess unless you're like a european child and you're used to that it's probably fine (laughs) yeah there were a few there were a few scenes that i felt like were were really gratuitous nudity but then Mm -hmm. some of the nudity i'm like well she's a freaking cat person so like, of course, her clothes aren't going to be on a lot. At the beginning of the movie, there's, like, all these panthers, and there's, like, this big ritual, and there's, like, all these skeletons oh, yeah. in the sand. There is a woman who is going to have intercourse with a panther. And then later we, yeah. find, we find out that the the way that the cat people were created is that their ancestors sacrificed their children to the panthers the panthers ate the children and their souls the children's souls grew in the bodies of the panthers and then the panthers did it with humans to impregnate the humans back with the cat people genes okay that's something i wasn't sure about because like so the scene starts out and it's just like some ancient 
race, you know, you can tell somewhere long ago and these people come grab like a young girl and then they tie her up to a tree and then her mom or someone is sitting there by her waiting. And then you see the panther come out and then it jumps up on her. It's almost like it's at her neck. Almost like, I'm like, is it kissing her or is it going to mm-hmm. eat her? Is he going to kill her or is he going to have sex with her? I couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of goes away. And then they show another girl being brought into a cave with a panther. So I'm like, I think they're implying that they're having sex with the panther. Mm-hmm. But then later when he was explaining it and he was talking about how they consumed them and everything, I was like, maybe they did eat them. But so they ate them and they had sex. I think that they initially ate them as an offering. Then the souls of the children that the cats ate grew inside and became a life force that drove the panthers to procreate with humans so that the children's souls could get back into a human form. It reminded me of Lilith. Oh. You have Lilith goes goes to the desert. She has intercourse with a bunch of demons, has a bunch of demon babies who become the incubus and succubus. Oh, yeah. Who have that way of the succubus, the female, takes the seed of the human, gives it to the incubus, who then in spirit sex impregnates a female for an immaculate conception, creating a different being who masquerades as a human. Lilith is associated with sexual desire and sexuality and um, the sacred horror. In this movie, the cat people, their sexuality is so dangerous that it's lethal. I felt like when I when I first started watching and like I saw the first zoo scene, the first scene where they're at the zoo, I was like, Mm -hmm. this is why I hate zoos. This is the worst zoo ever. This zoo is. Oh, my God. It's concrete and small cages and bars. That's it. So Oliver, the zookeeper, is a demented person. Clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. because he holds dominion over the whole zoo and all of the animals in the zoo so we see pretty immediately that he is more comfortable in a position of dominance and that he also is not really in as much into human contact he likes animals better and part of the reason he likes animals better is because he can dominate them oh my god so Irina the Catwoman is perfect for him. So it's not like he's just some cute, cuddly Steve Irwin, Jack Hanna animal lover. No. He's really a control freak. He treats Bingo. animals poorly. Like, was that really the New Orleans Zoo? Like an old, old zoo, and then they just reused it for this? I mean, I... I'm sure old zoos were like that. Oh. Just bare bones. Ugh. Oh, yeah, they display. were. I mean, I don't think, I feel like at the time that that movie came out, that I I feel like most people like didn't really, they were like, oh, there's a zoo. Yeah. At that time, <laughs> the standards were still pretty low as far as like what, what you should be providing for animals in a zoo. They were just there for us to look at and like, that's mm-hmm. all that mattered. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter about the mental health or 
physical well-being of the yeah. animals at that point. Yeah. I don't know when it really changed, but luckily I don't it did. I feel like it started changing in the 90s. Yeah, I mean, I never remember our zoo being that depressing ever. They always had, like, at least outdoor oh, displays yeah. where the animals could run around and stuff, but... I mean, it was I'll, terrible. It was like a jail. It was like a jail. We stole a bunch of animals from their own environment. We brought them over here and we put them in cages. Literally cages with concrete floors. That's and, it. Like yeah, nothing else. Nothing else. And then Oliver can trick himself into thinking that he's some noble person who takes care of animals. Yeah, because he like throws in some raw meat and squirts them with a hose once a day. It's like, that sounds like prison too. Yeah, exactly. Okay, this movie is just really fucked up, okay? Like, yeah. I was watching it again. I remember loving this movie when I was a kid. Like, I would watch wow. this movie fairly often. That's crazy, I've got to say. <laughs> and I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, clearly, like, Something was wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like there's this whole underlying tension because it's so obvious that Irina is going to not have free will by the end of the movie <laughs> because mm-hmm. she's like a perfectly fine life. I mean, with the people that adopted her and she seems fairly adjusted She's, like, going excited to go meet her brother. He tries to seduce her. It all starts out very weird because, like, he goes to pick her up from the airport. You don't really know what's going on at first. And then he comes up. She's on the phone. Like, I think she's going to call for him. And then he comes up behind her, like, really too close behind her. And it's like, who is this dude supposed to be her brother? And then it's like, oh, he keeps, like, brushing up against her and coming up behind her, like, way too close. And then eventually it gets to the point where he tries to, like, force himself on her and explains. Well, at first, did he explain or did he just try to, like, get with her? I feel like towards the very end is when he gave the speech about. Yeah, I feel like he was trying to get with her Mm -hmm. without really talking about it. Like, he hinted at it that they were cats, Mm -hmm. but didn't really come right out and say it. He hinted at it. There's like a giant litter box in her room. Like yeah. <laughs> she doesn't know about it yet. He's like, look what I've put here for you in your room, sis. You don't know why yet, but you'll want this eventually. <laughs> uh, Irina and Paul have the same haircut, just as an aside. Did you notice? Mm-hmm. Okay, so have you ever heard of genetic sexual attraction i feel like you may have mentioned this to me before i probably have because i randomly bring it up because i find it to be incredibly fascinating um tell me more okay okay, so it's when you have an attraction to your stranger relative this is only applicable to if you have a biological relative that you haven't seen in years and years and years, or you've never even met. And then as an adult, you meet and there's like a sexual attraction that's like really hard to deny. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's hard. It's like uh, like people get like obsessive even wow. with it. It seems like the most common is mother and son. What? That this happens. But it also happens father and daughter, brother and sister. Um, hmm. So that's something to watch out for if you're adopted and you find your <laughs> parents. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Or a sibling. Yeah. But it, so when I first started watching this, it reminded me of that. And I was like, I was like, well, that actually can happen. I mean, you don't act on it, but like it can happen. And I think Paul invited Irina for the sole purpose of taking her as a lover. Yes. And I think he did that because he was killing women and he felt like he couldn't control it. And so he thought, oh, hey, if I invite my sister, who's also Panther, then we can do it (laughs) and we can just like, you know, I don't know, lick each other and turn back into humans. She didn't kill her lover. He's like, you're going to kill the person you have sex with. But he, but she didn't. I mean, she killed someone else. <laughs> yeah, you're but... going to kill someone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, because the people he was having sex with are just random people. And so he didn't feel as invested in like not killing them because he didn't know them or love mm-hmm. them. And so I think that's why he chose them. Because then he, he's like, well, I know I'm going to turn and I'm going to want to kill pretty instantly. So here's my next victim. But with Irina, like she knew and she had like enough willpower to go kill someone else. Mm-hmm. But still, she had to kill. And so I guess, I mean, I guess Paul has like at least some good motivation of that. He's tired of killing people and he's trying to get away from that. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that was the implication so he's actually the good guy (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and oliver's the monster (laughs) (laughs) that's iffy i feel like if paul went about it a different way in like a less creepy way and like a more matter of fact and direct way maybe they could have worked something out you know what i mean yeah I mean, she just wasn't into him, you know? Right. Like, Irina just was not into Paul. Yeah, and so does that, they would just have to only have sex with each other forever. So it's like, I'd rather just die or be a cat. Yeah, I'd rather be a cat. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Stay a cat. Like, when she made that decision, I'm like, yeah, duh. (laughs) Yes. That was your dream while you kept watching this movie. So she needed to be murdered while she was a cat in order to be like transported back to their other cat world. So Uh, she would die in cat form and then she gets to go back there. I see. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And then once she transformed, instead of murdering her, he just kept her in the cage. She was like snarling and wanting to kill him. (laughs) she was angry it's too depressing it's so depressing like he didn't try to convince her to stay a human or to figure to troubleshoot a way to like you know have a life (laughs) Mm -hmm. he was just like 
yeah, you know what? <laughs> Why don't I tie you up and have sex with you so you turn into a panther, and then I can put you in a cage and keep you forever. You're right. And then you can always be on my pedestal. Oh my God. Because you're the perfect woman that I can project all my anima onto. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so at first it seems like he's going along with her wishes and like helping her and like sacrificing the relationship to give her what she wants to mm -hmm. just become a cat person and go back to the cat world. But really his intention was just to keep her. Maybe he just couldn't bring himself to shoot her. And you're just gonna wait for her to die naturally of like depression in the cage. <laughs> I'm gonna think that's maybe, or he just wanted to keep her. The re one of the reasons I think that he's actually just somebody that needs to dominate, and that that's his primary mode is because of the way he treats Alice, his co, his uh. Actually, she's not a coworker because he's the boss. So she's his employee. Mm -hmm. And it's very clear that they have an on again, off again relationship wherein she's madly in love with him and worships the ground mm -hmm. he walks on. And he gets obsessed with particular women that he projects as anima on and puts on a pedestal. And then she waits around until that dissolves because probably the woman showed herself to not be perfect for, for Oliver. And then he ditched her and then went back to Alice, you know? Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the movie, he is once again with Alice, even though it's clear he's just like using her I know. for a convenient relationship. Meanwhile, yeah. he has a, the huge secret that he's keeping a woman captive in a cave <laughs> at his work. Oh my God, you're right. Good job, Oliver. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, when you put it that way, he is a monster. Oh, but he, I mean, but look at that adorable face. He does look friendly. See, the casting in this movie is really great because John, John Hurd is like, he just, he plays such a nice guy at the beginning of the relationship where you think, wow, this guy's like really shiny and cute, sweet. Nice. Loves animals. Right. Her a fly. Mm-hmm. The woman that plays his girlfriend, Alice, um, I really liked her. I thought she was a good actress. Me too. I don't really see her in anything. I'm glad she didn't get her name, but I forgot it. He just treated her kind of like garbage. But I have another question. Mm-hmm. Alice knew she knew about like the cat people didn't she i thought so yeah and she like so at the end Irina was like following alice and shredded up her clothes and everything while she was in the pool and mm -hmm. it was like terrifying her when Irina was coming back for like her final tryst with oliver mm -hmm. so that means that alice might have known it was her in the cage too oh she was, like a co-conspirator i think alice she knows, maybe just she's... let herself believe She's in deep denial. Deep denial. I mean, she made a comment pretty early of like, oh, you're obsessed again mm -hmm. with a girl, like implying that it happens pretty often and that she just kind of waits on the sidelines for him to calm down. Yeah. 
to get back with her. That's why I think Oliver is got some major power issues. You're right. I didn't see that dark side of him until you told me. (laughs) (laughs) I only saw Paul as like the super creepy dark side person. Yeah. Which he is too. Yeah. I don't know. It's like Paul, you know, there's something in him that he was born that way that he can't help. Unless he decides not to have sex. Like, can you just masturbate? If you really don't want to murder people anymore, can you just masturbate? You know, he was an evangelical minister. Mm -hmm. And he probably became that in an attempt to quench his thirst for flesh with a thirst Mm -hmm. for Jesus. And it just, like, clearly didn't work. He should have become a priest so that he would have to be celibate. Right. Supposedly. <laughs> but back if he to your... really wanted to try, he would become a priest. If he really wanted to try, he would um, do something to hormonally castrate himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the power of the penis was like more powerful than the power of his conviction and his religion. Could okay. Mm-hmm. What would ha- like you're like? What would happen if you masturbated? Yeah. Do you still turn into a cat? I would say no. I don't think so. Yeah, I think I would need to be with someone. Yeah, I think you have to have sex with someone to make you turn into a cat. So he technically could have just masturbated and been fine, or maybe even had someone else, you know, masturbate. <laughs> But Sarah, don't you think it's better to kill one woman than it is to kill thousands of homunculi? Uh, yes. That's why you should never masturbate. Isn't that what they're called, homunculi? Isn't that Uh, the little man in the sperm? Oh, like there's like a little man. That's like the man in your brain. (laughs) All the little Catholic sperm men. I know the man in the moon. <laughs> I know the man in the brain, but I don't know the man. In the <laughs> Find out. <laughs> this is urgent. Maybe it is. Maybe it is the same thing as the one in your brain. It's pretty much the same. <laughs> Are you looking it up? Yes. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. Here's what it was. It's homunculus. Yeah, that's also like what they use as a diagram of your brain too, like the different regions and what it controls. Well, you know why? Because it was the fully formed individual existing within the germ cell of the sperm of the Mm. semen. So, like, it was already fully formed human, which is why you shouldn't. You're not supposed to masturbate because you would murder. Oh, my God. All of those fully formed humans that are in your semen. There's teeny little babies inside every sperm. (laughs) That's why every sperm is sacred. So Jesus is in the background a lot. And even in the massage parlor, there's a picture of the Last Supper (laughs) in the background. Are you serious? Yes. Oh my god. Who would want that? <laughs> well, also it's the last supper. Uh, and he's going there to eat. It's her last supper. Yeah. 
Can you imagine going to see like a sex worker and they have like a big sex of oh, prostitute? <laughs> I can't talk. I've got a crucifix. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the Last Supper hanging up. It's like, mm, I don't know. I feel like that would really kill the mood. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you had some kind of fetish and you were like really getting off on like your guilt. And then, mm, mm-hmm. Maybe people would like that. <laughs> Wait till you're married. <laughs> don't masturbate or you'll murder <laughs> thousands. A monkey lie. <laughs> oh my god. I'm like terrified of penises now if I know that <laughs> thing comes out of them. <laughs> Anyone listening, just Google homunculus and see the picture and you'll be terrified too. Yeah, it's so scary. <laughs> so scary. <laughs> Ew. It looks like Inspector Gadget had intercourse with a monkey. Ew. Oh my god, you're right. And I hate Inspector Gadget so much. Oh god. Um, is Malcolm McDowell like was he supposed to be attractive then? I don't understand. Was he ever considered like a heartthrob? I don't think so. I think he was the guy that you called when you needed a person to be uh, an extreme sexual deviant mm. in the 70s. <laughs> that was I can his see role. That. <laughs> like, have you ever seen Caligula? <laughs> <gasps> no. The movie produced by like Playboy or Penthouse. I can't. No, I, it was Penthouse, I think. They produce it? I'm pretty sure, because there's like an uncut version, which is basically just <laughs> pornography. <laughs> but he was in it. Okay. And, He's Caligula. Um, oh my god, I can't watch it then. I didn't realize. Also, incest. Because he's like having... And Caligula an, too? Yeah, because he's having an affair with his sister and Caligula. Oh my god. It's like his well, thing. That was like a real thing, you know, with Caligula. Sure. But I mean, but, but I think McDowell, I, he like reads the script and like searches. He's like, well, let me get to the incest. Okay, I'll take the part. <laughs> he's got like a, he's got like a big red marker that says incest on his agent's file. <laughs> uh, yes, he's the one you call. Um. Okay, does that have Patrick Stewart in it too? Or no? Uh no, I think you're thinking of I Claudius. I Claudius. Okay, I'm getting I, them mixed up. I love I Claudius. I haven't seen either. I need to watch them. Oh, I love it so much. Okay. Yeah. It's one of my favorite soap operas. Good. Well, thanks for clearing that up for me because they have him wearing these like tight pants and like a tank top that's supposed to be like showing off his muscles and slinking around like he's sexy but i was like i don't know i i think probably women well i think people who were attracted to him probably there was probably an element of people who were attracted to him but but there's something about him that an animal magnetism if you will yeah i personally don't see it but I do know that he kept getting cast in roles where he had this, like, kind of a similar role to what he has here as, a, mm-hmm. like, a sexual deviant. And it's, like, portrayed as him being sexy. 
I don't know. We need to look into that. Ultimately, it doesn't matter how you look. And we all need to love one another for our spirits. Yeah, exactly. I shouldn't be talking bad about him. I'm just saying I don't Yeah, Sarah. I'm not... I shouldn't be talking about looks. I, I am so insulting to male actors if I don't think they're attractive because <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you know what? We have to look at gorgeous women all the time, which I'm totally fine with. But mm-hmm. also, can we look at gorgeous men all the fucking time just to equal it I out? I don't look at men in real life with that sort of critical eye. Um, and it's really not about the actors. I'm really just like taking it out on the actors. It's really just the whole system of Hollywood and patriarchy in general, where women are only valued mm-hmm. for their ability to sexually please you. Exactly. It's the whole double standard. Yeah. And so then we're allowed to talk about how the guy looks. If he's supposed to be a sex symbol, make him sexy at least I'll- a little bit. Yeah, I mean, all I gotta say is girls would be girls. We're gonna talk about you not being hot. (laughs) And his hair. He had like the Dorothy Hamill haircut (laughs) for men. Got obsessed with her. I mean, I can see that. Yeah. During the movie. That's, you know what? Now is a great time to bring up my suspicion that... This movie is an inspiration for the TV show Twin Peaks. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. So, did you notice Leland Palmer on television? In Twin Peaks, there's a soap opera that's on the television in the background quite frequently throughout the show to the extent that it has its own subplot in the... Oh my god, Like you know that. You end up knowing the story of the soap opera just by watching having it on in the background right so in this movie there there at one point there was a tv on in the background and ray weiss the actor who plays leland palmer in twin peaks he was the guy on the tv on the soap opera. really this is what he said i'll never forget those flames and Rosemary's baby lying inside of her. That's what he said. Okay. So there's also a nod to Rosemary's baby. Totally. <laughs> okay, I do remember this scene now, but I don't remember it being in Twin... I don't remember, like, uh, soap opera running in the background of Twin Peaks. I must yeah. have forgotten that. So mm-hmm. the the other... So I was like, oh, well, that's really interesting. Well, one one thing was just like the direction, like the cinematography of it, and there are a lot of shots that are that are coming from like where the camera looks like it's angling up from the ground, mm-hmm. to where you get a lot of um, your perspective is more from a ground level than it is from like a level where you would be standing up, which to me is reminiscent of just the whole idea of Twin Peaks, which is that what's going on underneath the surface of this idyllic town is Mm. completely different than what it appears to be. And, you know, David Lynch uses a lot of those same angles that are more low to the ground as Mm -hmm. well. 
And then just like the aesthetic of like the way Oliver's dressed whenever they go to his cabin. And then there's the owl shot when she's out in the woods and she's a cat. And then that owl just like swoops down and the music is like, Mm -hmm. it's just like such a twin peak. I mean, like, oh, oh my God, there's no way that David Lynch did not see cat people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) I didn't pick up on any of that. That's really neat. Well, I mean, I think I've seen the whole Twin Peaks series like. 20 times or something. When's the last time you watched it? Oh, uh, 2017, I think, whenever the new season came out. Mm-hmm. I watched the seasons. So we have this situation in this movie and in Twin Peaks where a male relative is turning into a creature that's murderous when he has lust gosh i almost feel like i don't even want to i mean i know twin peaks is like so old but i'm like oh my god if you've never seen it i do not want to give anything away mm-hmm. <laughs> so now yeah, people kinda, are like, still watching it like, I'm like maybe people are still watching it maybe i shouldn't say anything <laughs> just go watch this incest and sexual obsession dividing yourself into parts that are separate so in a lot of times predators it's almost like there's this part of them that's the wild killer or abuser however they're abusing another human being whether it's an, a domestic abuser or a serial killer, you know, mm-hmm. that they aren't that thing all the time. They're not like that constantly. They're only like that when they're like that. And we call that bloodlust. And then the rest of the time, they're this other person. They're the funny dad and the loving husband and the you know favorite teacher at school paul is a minister (laughs) he's also a murderous sexual predator Mm -hmm. as represented by the panther in twin peaks leland is an amazing person in the community everybody loves Leland right and then but he's also a sexual predator who turns into what amounts to a demon Mm -hmm. when he has bloodlust so it's like that idea you know is the kernel of that is the same as well yeah so I feel like David Lynch probably just, you know, used this as inspiration for Twin Peaks. Yeah, it sounds like it. David Lynch. Mm, I want to watch Twin Peaks again now. You know, we could do Twin Peaks for the after party. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. I still have my Laura Palmer Secret Diary book, too. <gasps> you do? <laughs> mm-hmm. I brought it with me here. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. Just in case. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. This might need to happen. Okay. Our Patreon mm-hmm. might need to be Twin Peaks. Ooh. We like were so obsessed with that show. Oh my God. Yeah. You had a huge crush on Cooper. Totally. Yeah, I like named my cat after him, and I think I might have done that subconsciously. I don't even know. <laughs> you're like, you're petting him, and you're like, Agent Cooper. Oh my God, this sounds too much like cat people. <laughs> exactly. Ew, no. Now I feel creepy. <laughs> I don't have a crush on my cat. <laughs> I believe you. It's okay. okay. <laughs> Um, I was gonna say, so yeah, I mean, Paul, it is basically like he is a serial killer because he is killing women all the time and he is like has a double identity, and it makes me think of like the BTK killer or something where he like worked in the church and all of that. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. you just like you said, you just have this like complete alter ego that would like throw everyone off when you're not in your killing mode, yeah. It's totally Paul. And it's like something inside of him that he can't help. Sure. It just comes out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is what serial killers always, well, not always, but a lot of them say that. Mm-hmm. That there's this other part that's like very separate, right. that just like takes over. Yeah. And it's like associated with sex, like the violence. Mm-hmm. They have to have that violence to be aroused. Maybe yeah. Paul knows that the violence is coming and that's what arouses him to want to have sex. So all the men in this movie are monsters except Meshach Taylor, wherever he was. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Ed Begley Jr. Yeah, that's the only one. And he's not around for long. No, he didn't have time. To yeah, he probably would have revealed her. himself as a terrible person too. Yeah, it's the 80s. We're all assholes. <laughs> The thing that I was surprised by is, like, because this movie was so, I thought, terrible um, and left, like, so many just, like, holes in the plot and Mm -hmm. a lot of scenes just, like, jumped to another scene that really didn't make sense where it's, like, Mm -hmm. something must have got cut out because it was so bad or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I was surprised that the director, the Paul Strader, he like co-wrote Raging Bull and Taxi Driver, the screenplays. Okay, <laughs> it's like what? Paul Schrader's one. Okay, he's one of my favorite like movie makers. Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, American Gigolo. Oh. The Last Temptation of Christ. He wrote mm-hmm. the screenplay. Yeah, of that. Okay, so do you want to talk about Vagina Dentata? Oh, yeah. Because this, like, because the fact that she's going to potentially rip her sexual partner to shreds due Mm -hmm. to lust was like, oh, that's like Vagina Dentata. <laughs> Vagina Dentata comes up like surprisingly often and mm. it like pops in my mind surprisingly often. So, what is Vagina Dentata like? What does that stem from? Do you know? Well, there's some kind of a myth in a lot of different cultures around the world 
that has to do with with a man discovering that the woman that he's having sex with has teeth in her vagina. <laughs> so it's kind of like a, a, a fear around the world in a way. But it also kind of makes sense because like if you're a guy, so you have this protruding member on your body actually three protruding members if you count the testicles right <laughs> extreme it's the most vulnerable part if of your body. testicles are protruding it seems like you have a problem <laughs> <laughs> it could be more like dangling <laughs> okay so there's two dangling participles <laughs> and one protuberance okay <laughs> <laughs> and that's like really vulnerable probably yeah. the most vulnerable part of your body right true so then you're inserting it into a cave <laughs> that you have you probably haven't seen inside of it probably not like not inside, right? <laughs> so you don't really know what's in there. Uh-huh. And like let's say it's what 50,000 years ago or something. You I'm just saying I could see how putting your member into a place that you haven't seen inside of could be scary. That's true. I Even think that's why foreplay like... originated, just so they could like get a finger in there first and see what's up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's really just Mist to check for teeth. <laughs> Mystery solved. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight on oh Cover Your Eyes, we discover the origin of finger banging. <laughs> It's a security measure. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just a unconscious fear, you know, mm -hmm. of like, of the unknown risks that you take when you let yourself be vulnerable to another person. Mm -hmm. But then also it's like a suffocation because so we come out of the vagina, right? But for a man to go back in could be very threatening. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially if he had a, like a domineering mother or, you know, uh, um, had, or just had some kind of a issue with his mother where he felt extremely vulnerable. That's to his mother that later when he goes to have intercourse with the woman that the entryway <laughs> the intercourse whenever he enters the vagina is like a death at the hands of his mother the mother oh figure my God. that wants to kill him Jeez. so that's where I feel like it comes from Mm -hmm. I mean, I haven't read that much about it, but it, but I remember when I was like, I don't know, I think I was like 14 and I came across that term because I was reading uh, that Camilla Paglia book, Sexual oh, yeah. Persona. 
And mm-hmm. she talks a lot about vagina dentata in that book. And I just became like really obsessed with that idea. And the real it was like one of the first realizations I had that a woman's sexual power is terrifying and that that's to men and that that's part of the reason that women are treated like objects. So it really helped me actually really helped me have a lot of uh, understanding for uh, this desire to dominate women sexually in a way that would uh, render them completely submissive. Mm-hmm. Much like Oliver needs Irina to be when she's a panther in a cage at the end of the movie. Exactly. Lock that pussy up. That's what you got to do. <laughs> Bingo. Yep. <laughs> Tame the power and control it. Oh my God, Oliver. Yep. Oliver, you need some deep therapy. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I just have, like, one more theory that I wonder about vagina dentata. Mm-hmm. If it's, totally. like, if there ever was, if it's in any way related to, like, any um, STDs or STIs, like, if later this guy developed, like, lesions on his penis and he was, like, there must have been something in there oh, that did this to me. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Maybe that. I, I bet that would contribute and like reinforce it, reinforce mm-hmm. that. Yes. That fear. It's all these little ulcerated sores all over his penis. Ugh. And he's like, there must be little spikes in there that yeah. did this to me. You're right. <laughs> I'm going to throw that in the ring. Totally. I love that hypothesis. I wonder when they discovered STDs. Do you know that? No, that's like such an interesting question. I'm sure it goes way, way, way back. Yeah, because like syphilis has been around a long time. Yeah. Do you know there's like new outbreaks of syphilis happening? Like huge outbreaks. Oh, um, whenever I hear a politician say something demented, I say, oh, his third stage syphilis must be acting up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just been like an ongoing joke for me for years. No, tell me more. Oh, that's funny though i think a lot of it's happening in nursing homes too because you know a lot of sex goes on in nursing Mm -hmm. homes and a lot of diseases are transmitted there because they're not worried about pregnancy and Mm -hmm. really they're not worried about that much because i get it i get it i'm already like 80 something you know what i mean right well also like they were they're like the last generation to grow up without aids fear And or like the condoms just being like a natural thing you do. So they probably are like, oh, that's silly. Like, why would I need a condom? I've never used a condom Mm -hmm. in my life. Sure, there's some of that attitude going around. (laughs) I can't feel anything with this raincoat on. (laughs) I bet there's a lot of that going around. (laughs) Mm -hmm. In high school, Anderson homes. (laughs) (laughs) I know that there's been a lot of like STIs and everything going around nursing homes for a while, but there's just something that's like recently making syphilis rage. I don't know. Interesting. What it is. I think it's just mama earth being like, you humans need to learn a fucking lesson. She's going to be throwing lots of stuff, lots of stuff at us until we pay attention. So. Yes, it's true. (laughs) She's doing it. 
So mm-hmm. I think that has a lot. I think the divine feminine coming back has a lot to do with it. Um, but yeah, also the earth has a fever and right. humans are the virus. Exactly. I love that. It's so true. Yeah. Then maybe the change will happen. Like it looks like it's hopefully starting to. Yeah. Well, and if it doesn't, then everyone will fucking die and it won't matter anyway. So. Exactly. Whatever. <laughs> Let's break out the booze and have a ball. <laughs> Pretty much. I don't know. <laughs> We're good. I feel I feel I, good. I'm that's great. That makes me feel good. I feel real good about the world. If you feel good about the world, that makes me feel better. <laughs> I'm serious. (laughs) Is that because I'm such an emotionally tortured person? (laughs) No, just because I think you're like in tune with a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) Like I trust your senses. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Sarah. The world's listening to us. (laughs) This movie is so heavy, though. We needed a break. <laughs> we needed a break with talking about climate change. <laughs> yeah, that's lighter. A lighter subject than this movie. In a weird way, Oliver has her on a pedestal, has Irina on a pedestal. Like, he goes to a place where she is positioned away from him. Where he, like kind of can't touch her in a way because mm-hmm. she's she'll rip his arm off and then he just looks at her yes. and projects whatever he wants onto her as the ultimate woman who's also a panther so I really feel like Oliver needs to journal with his he needs to get into a conversation with his anima mm-hmm. pretty badly. Um, I don't really think, I mean, I guess like the thing I would say that I learned when I was little, when I was watching this movie is that zoos suck really bad mm-hmm. and you should never go to them. And also that when you fall in love it's really dangerous and you can't trust the man who says he loves you yikes (laughs) that's pretty heavy for like a (laughs) four-year-old well i mean i watched i probably saw this movie when i was like seven or eight Okay. Well, then, yeah, you were ready for that message. (laughs) Yeah, I was totally ready for that message. (laughs) Nice. I was already a therapist, okay? (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, and then, um, yeah, I feel like that's really what I learned. And this time when I watched it, I could hardly handle it because of the animals. Oh, I know. But see, I think... I think when I was a kid, though, that I thought it was fake. It's fake because it's a movie. So, like, those animals all have it really good. And, 
you know, this is just for the movie or something. Like, I, I think right. I sort of talked myself out of, for some reason, I didn't have. Yeah, zoos are sad. I've been to zoos in probably, like, four other cities that were, like, big cities. Mm-hmm. And their zoos were shitty. And I was just like, this is terrible. We went to one in Chicago. I think it was like the Lincoln Park Zoo. But we were both like extremely depressed when we left there. It was yeah. it was like similar to oh. the movie zoo. No. Like small cages. Very small. Just like brick, concrete. Like an animal prison. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, they virtually are. But mm-hmm. this was like literally just felt like a jail for animals. Mm-hmm. Like they were just being punished. I can see like... A long time ago, how zoos would be more beneficial and like educational where people didn't see animals from other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. But like now you can see them on TV and you can see them online or you can travel, you know, if you're able to travel, like not everyone can travel to other parts of the world, obviously, but I just feel like um, it's selfish for us to take these animals just for us to be able to look at them now at this point, because there's other ways that we can see them and experience Mm -hmm. them. That's a great point. I mean, I don't really have anything else about Mm -mm. cat people. (laughs) No. I do know that absolutely under no circumstances should you ever let a child see this movie. Take it from me, someone who was um, scarred. There's some scenes. You kept watching it over and over. (laughs) Well, and there's also like, there's a scene in that movie where I'm like, I think there were some wires crossed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, um, (laughs) you know. I'm just going to (laughs) guess. I'll tell you this. It wasn't gory. (laughs) Yeah. Thank goodness. After That's why you have a picture of the Last Supper over your bed. (laughs) (laughs) I totally do. In fact, the whole bedroom is decked out in Jesus motif. <laughs> you guessed it. You guessed my cross wiring. Tour, you did not show me your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> now I get it. And I'm glad. Oh, yeah. I don't really have anything else to say about it either, except I was just like, what am I watching? <laughs> I really don't remember it. I must have blocked it out if I did see it with you. And um, I don't know. It was, it was something. Yeah, and now I know that I'm the friend that's the bad influence. You just figured that out? (laughs) (laughs) Now I know that I'm going to pick some movie that is, like, really weird and shitty that you haven't seen and then make you watch it. (laughs) Yeah, please do. (laughs) (laughs) So think of some more. Should we watch Purple Rain? Oh, my God. Because I haven't seen that movie. Oh my gosh, that's right. Yeah. I've only seen parts of it. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Oh my God. No questions. I know. I just realized. I mean, the, all you of the really... questions sound horrible. I know. I mean, I don't want to know. <laughs> None of these would be good questions. 
you could go like on a lighter note with the family reunion part mm. and just ask like have you ever been reunited with like a long lost relative and then they turned out to be really weird or creepy also i'm also curious have you ever been in a relationship that presented itself as like a bdsm relationship but was actually just abusive oh i mean it's a little more intense but you know. yeah because really i do feel i guess that was the last thing i wanted to say about this movie is that i feel like you could interpret it as being a like a like a dominant submissive relationship mm -hmm. between oliver and Irina. But it isn't. It's just abusive. I mean, especially by the end, yeah. When she's trapped in a cage forever. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's do both questions. Okay. So we can have like a lighthearted. Yes. <laughs> and an intense. <laughs> yeah, so if you've ever discovered a weirdo long-lost relative, <laughs> let us know. Also, and or if you've ever been in a BDSM situation that's gone terribly awry, write to us at CoverYourEyesPodcast at gmail.com. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Mm, that was fun. Mm -hmm. It was good to be back. Yeah. Also, um, if you like our show, please subscribe, rate, and review Bye. See you next Bye. Tuesday. <laughs> okay. Yes. Bye. <laughs> Bye.